Hi, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about when you have more to learn. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 27th of December. We are almost done with this year, guys. 2021. We're going to move into 2022 next week, and I'm excited for what God is going to show me in the upcoming year. Normally, uh, I have a word, literally a word from the Lord of what he really wants me to focus on in the upcoming year. And last year, the word was contentment. And I have been praying and praying and praying. And I know some people think that that's kind of silly. Like, so really, you've just been praying for just a word from the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I have. Because uh, I have found that whatever the word is that he has shown me is monumental for my growth as a person and as a believer. So that is actually what my podcast is about today when you have more to learn. Because the Lord hasn't given me another word. So... What I'm sensing from the spirit is that I need to continue learning about contentment. Now, this week's Torah portion is called Vayera, which means he appeared. It is Exodus chapter 6, verse 2, to chapter 9, verse 35. The half Torah portion is chapter 28, verses 25, to chapter 29, verse 21. Then you have the Brit Hadashah, which is Luke chapter 11, 14 to 22. And when you think about this title, what you have, when you have more to learn, this can be in a lot of different aspects of your life, right? For me right now, I think it is learning more about being content Now, I'm sure that this is true in other parts of the world, but in America, we have chosen to immerse ourselves in what the media tells us we need to have, we have to have, we want to have. And unfortunately, there are times that we all fall for that. The reality is, We really don't need as much as we already have, for one. There are so many other places in the world that have the bare minimum, and I mean the bare minimum, and they are content and they're happy. Why? Because they have no idea what they're missing. You know, that's the whole concept. They don't know what they're missing. I think it's more like we are missing what they have. (laughs) They're content with what they have been given and what they have. And they have need of nothing else. There are these people who live in these little huts and are just content to live, be happy, love on their families and work in the field if they're farmers or their livestock or any number of things. But they're happy and content in whatever village or tribe that they live in. And I think that those of us who are not a third world country need to learn that. And I know that that's something that I myself have to learn. There's always something that needs to be fixed or replaced or that I think that I need to have. 
Um, really great example for me this past a uh, couple weeks ago, been having trouble with my car, right? So anyone who has a car, you know the struggle's real. There's always something going on with your car. Um, there are times where, you know, that your car is perfectly fine. You know, I could go a whole year where there's my car is good. But um, one of my vehicles is over 300,000 miles. And it is a Honda, so of course it lasts forever. But it is starting to have um, some show of wear and tear on the engine and things. And so we've had to replace some things. And, you know, our mechanic, who I praise God for every single day, if you don't have a great mechanic, get one, one who is honest and has integrity and is willing to work with you financially. Um, our mechanic is fantastic. And they basically are like, look, we're just going to be honest with you. We don't know how much longer your car is going to run. Um, she is over 300,000 miles and there are some things that, that you're going to need to start looking at. It's, you know, possibly maybe getting another vehicle, um, because we've been having such issues with it, but I really don't want to get a new vehicle. One, because we believe in being debt free. And right now we are well on our way to becoming debt free. And if we were to get a vehicle because it is a seller's market, we would become in debt and, my husband doesn't want to do it. I definitely don't want to have to do it. Obviously, we will if we have to. I'm just praying that um, the Lord will simply provide because I know that he will. However, that's where the struggle comes in, right? Where it's, can I be content where I'm at right now? Can I be content with a vehicle that may or may not work tomorrow? And can I be content with what the Lord has given us and be content with the knowledge and trusting that the Lord will provide for us, right? Instead of us going out of our way to do exactly what the Bible tells us not to do. The Lord doesn't like debt. It actually does say that in his word. He does not like debt. So if you can help it, don't be in debt. You know, do not be in debt. If, if you can try your very best to no longer be in debt, to get out of debt. And especially in the American world, we definitely have a problem with debt. And we don't even realize it. Like the whole, what is your credit score? The credit score... It literally looks at how you handle debt. So if you are debt free, it says that your score is terrible. Why? Because you're not in debt. That's why like, you know, teenagers, they don't have a credit score. Why? Because they've never been in debt. And so people will start thinking that the credit score is actually a good thing. Yeah. Okay. You manage debt well, but if you didn't have debt at all, you wouldn't even have a credit score. That's neither here nor there. I know my husband's probably thinking like, Erica, like stop. You're getting distracted. Get back on task. The point is, we have come to believe, especially in this nation, that it's okay to keep up with the Joneses and in doing so, pay for things and buy things that we don't even need, that we can't afford. And I know for me, this isn't the only area that I need to be content with, but that's something that I really struggle with. I really struggle with being content with... Um, I think, I think all women do at some level, whether you want to admit it or not, your body image. Um, we all are struggle with that because of what the world tells us we should look like and how we should be and what we should be doing. Um, it's hard to be content with the way that our bodies are, even though we should be. It's hard to be content when we are 
looking at what our neighbors have and wanting it. Which goes back to what? One of the ten words, one of the ten commandments, thou shalt not covet. We look at what our neighbor has and we think, why can't we have that? And then we become what? Discontent. We're no longer content with what God has provided for us. So I would encourage you to get in the word and really get your foundation on what the word says about contentment. And we're actually going to go over a couple of those today. If you will join me, you know I like to read my Tree of Life version Bible. It is, uh, I'm going to be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 12, and then verse 17 to 19. So chapter 6, verse 6 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take anything out of it. But having food and clothing, with these things we shall be content. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some, longing for it, have gone astray from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. You were called to it, and you were made the good confession for it in the presence of many witnesses. So it tells you, like, you know, obviously money is the root of all evil. Money isn't evil. But money is the root of all kinds of evil. So even though my focus isn't on money, sometimes my focus can be on the material items that you need, uh, that you think that you need, and how do you get those material items with money? And that can, of course, cause all sorts of evil, right? It can cause you to go astray from the faith. You can lose your focus. And what I love about this is it tells you not only like what happens when you lose your focus, but it also encourages you and tells you what we need to focus on in order to get back on the path that we need to be on, right? We need to pursue righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, perseverance, and gentleness. We need to keep our focus on what the word of God says. We need to keep our focus on Yeshua, which brings me to my next uh scripture, which would be in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. And it says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For whatever circumstance I'm in, I have learned to be content. I know what it is to live with humble means, and I know what it is to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment both to be filled and to go hungry, to have abundance and to suffer need. I can do all things through Messiah who strengthens me. So, that's the secret of contentment. The secret of contentment is to learn to be content no matter what your circumstances. So, it's, you know, we've talked about contentment before. I believe I actually have already done a podcast on contentment. 
where no matter if you're in the hills or the valleys, the good times or the bad times, we are called to be content. Why? Because we're in the knowledge of, of the Lord. We know that the Lord is with us no matter what circumstance it is that we're dealing with. And I think sometimes we we do kind of fall away from the path when we choose to not be content with our circumstances. Or we choose to think that things should be better than they are. For me, another thing that I struggle with is my health. And so it's it's a daily struggle. It's a daily struggle on many different levels for me to be content. And that's why I think that he wants me to continue to learn more about it because I clearly have not learned my lesson. Now, this can be in reference to anything in your life. You know, is there anything that the Lord is really trying to teach you? You know, kind of like you you continue to have the same circumstance happen over and over and over again in your life, right? It might be God's way of saying, hey, I'm trying to get you to learn this. One of those things for me, and it's something that I still, he, he still has me learn uh, a little bit deeper every once in a while is patience. I think that was, I don't know, one of the greatest mistakes I ever made. <laughs> you need to be careful what you pray about. And uh, I really was earnestly praying the Lord would help me to have patience because I definitely can be very impatient at times, especially when it comes to people. Um, because with patience also comes understanding and kindness and gentleness and empathy. And some of those times, sometimes I definitely struggle with those things. And so I, I pray that the Lord would give me patience and man, you know, for whatever reason, we have this thought like the Lord, you know, the Lord gave Solomon wisdom. And so he was just automatically wise. I think that the Lord might have obviously given him wisdom in that respect, but I think he also gave him circumstances to help him grow in wisdom. Right? Like the circumstance where these two women came in front of him and told him that they both had, there was just this one baby and that it was theirs and they were fighting over it. And so he had the wisdom to deal with it. But I think that that circumstance came to him because the Lord was also testing to see how he would use the wisdom that he gave him. So the Lord may have given me patience, but he also gave me many, 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 many circumstances wherein to use it. He brought people into my life that tested my patience to the ninth degree. And um, I'm glad that he did because I made some really great friendships, but it was definitely a struggle in my life. It was definitely something that I had to work through um, my faith and pray and just be in the word and just be able to grow in my faith and trusting in the Lord and that he knew what he was doing. And it helped me to grow and learn to have more patience. If you ask my my mom, I'm sure she would definitely agree that um, as a child, I, I had next to none. I was very impatient. I wanted what I wanted and I wanted it right now. And I had no patience with other people's feelings or their thoughts or situations. Um, I saw the answer to their problems. I told them their the, the answer that as I saw it and that they should just go ahead and fix it. Obviously, that's not the way that I uh, speak with people or deal with people now. But it was a really good learning experience for me and learning that we do need to be careful with our words. And we also need to pray to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you think that I should work on? And then be prepared to work on it. 
because we definitely go through this whole situation where we're like, all right, Lord, like I really, I just uh, show me what it is that I need to work on, what I need to work on. And then he shows us and then we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't want to give that up. I don't want to learn about that. I don't, I don't want to become better at that. Like I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. And that's not contentment, by the way, that's complacency, which is a totally different subject. Um, that's, that's where we don't grow. That's where we become stagnant and we don't grow. So I would just encourage you to just get in the word. It always, you know, you always hear me on the podcast saying it always goes back to the word. What does the word say? What does the Lord say? Um, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? If, if you think that the Holy Spirit's telling you something and it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's not God. It's, uh, it's not God. It's not that I'm not talking to you. But um, I hope that I, I made sense and that I gave you something to think about because there's always something in each of our lives that we have more to learn about. Always. I mean, we, as believers, we all have more to learn about Yeshua. And what his heart is for his people and what his heart is for each of us individually. What is he calling you to do? I would encourage you to pray about it. Think about it. Speak to Adonai about it. And be in his word so that you know what it is that he has called you to do. It doesn't have to be something fantastic. You know, if you are faithful in the small things, he'll give you bigger things. He's not going to give you a big thing without seeing what you'll do with the small things. So if you're able to learn about the small things, there'll be greater things in store. So don't think because you don't have a huge uh, ministry, uh, like a lot of people do, like, you know, Paul Wilbur or Billy Graham or any of those people, don't be discouraged. Continue to do what you might see as small to greater things. That's something that I had to myself come to terms with and be content with. Um, quite frankly, I don't necessarily want to have a huge ministry. Uh, that's a lot of responsibility that I'm not sure that I'm ready to handle. And it's not something that I know that I'm ready for. But I know that the small things, which to me, actually, I've learned over time, is actually one of the greatest things uh, that he can give you as a family. And for women in particular, your children. That is one of the greatest ministries you will ever have. Because if you teach them in the way that they should go, they will not depart from it. And that they will learn to be able to step out in faith in their own lives and become closer to Yeshua that way as well. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to go ahead and read from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24-26. It's the Aaronic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week and may you have a great rest of 2021. I'll see you all back here in 2022. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. 
That's E is an echo, L is in lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.